Welcome back, Star Wars fans, to another episode of Coruscant Radio Underground. And I'm Andrew. I'm here tonight with Marisha. Hello. And David. Hey, it's been a while since I've been on Coruscant. It has. I think. It has. It's been a very long time, I think. Yeah, good to have you back. I mean, we still talk to you a lot, but we haven't talked to you about Star Wars. No, and this time we actually get to talk about Coruscant itself. Yes. We saw a decent bit of Coruscant. Yep, we sure did. Yep, they're they're in the beginning yeah. segment. So yeah, we're gonna we're gonna talk about this is our Obi Wan review, and typically these are gonna be YouTube. This might be on you. You might be listening to this on YouTube, but we're not doing video. Um, but once we get into episodes four, five, and six of this series, we'll be back to doing our our typical uh, YouTube shenanigans. But uh, just for the sake of getting something out before another episode <laughs> drops. We're just doing audio tonight so that we can cover some ground. So we have three episodes. I don't think we're going to be able to do, you know, normally we would break down a whole episode. I don't think we're going to really be able to break down the entirety of three episodes, mm -hmm. especially given that these are actually a little longer than what we've been getting. Which I'm okay with. Yeah, no, it's great. Like I've, like Boba Fett, like the episodes were way too short. Mm hmm uh, it wasn't the only problem with Book of Boba Fett, but the episodes were way too short. But overall, just kind of, just generally, without going into specifics, how are y'all feeling about this show three episodes in? Man, I am loving the Obi-Wan character work. You know, this is what, and not, I hate that everything, I don't want everything to come back to this, but this is what Luke's story in The Last Jedi could have been. 100%. Um, this 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 man who was this Jedi and is now, you know, gone into hiding from this stuff and is seems on the outside to have abandoned the Jedi ways. He certainly has cut himself off from the Force, but there's a real reason behind it, and it, it makes perfect sense. And and you know that on the inside, he doesn't. You know, he tells that Jedi. He's like, the fight's over. You know he doesn't actually believe that. It's just Obi-Wan knows he has to wait for the right time. Luke has to come of age, and he has to be trained. And, and until then, he's going to have to just tough it out and make hard decisions. And But at the end of the day, when someone needs his help that he cares about, he goes back out there and does what he has to do, even though he's cut off from the Force. Yeah. Even though he, hasn't, he probably hasn't turned on that lightsaber in 10 years. Right, I mean, we He's see like, dig it up. Leia needs my help, and it's really cool. I really love that it, we left Tatooine. Um, I was a little worried that it was just going to be a um, oh another Tatooine show, but no, it, he left Tatooine, which I really liked. We saw a lot of Coruscant in this. This is probably the have we seen? This is probably the most we've seen of Coruscant in a in a in a live action setting, right? You're talking about as far as the. Uh... All the stuff we saw from Order 66 at the beginning. Well, yes, and then also just, that's where Leia was, right? No, she's on Alderaan. No, Alderaan, no. oh my gosh, I'm sorry, I was thinking. But no, we've never seen, Alderaan. we've never seen Alderaan. That's what I was trying to say, was we've never seen Alderaan. We've seen Alderaan get blown up. <laughs> right. right. Uh, but this is the most we've actually seen of Alderaan, mm -hmm. the, the planet. And we hear cool. tell that it was beautiful. You know? And I love that we got all the actors back. Yes, absolutely. From Revenge of the Sith. Like, even freaking Uncle Owen is the same guy. Man. Like, they got this guy to come back after 20 years. And he is years. killing it. 
Yeah, he was great. And and you know, Leia's father. Uh mm-hmm. that was well, yeah, really Bail Organa, awful. Jimmy Schmitz. Yeah, yeah, Jimmy Smiths, yes. And of course, as we know, uh Hayden Christensen is back as Darth Vader. We got to see a lot of Darth Vader. Lots of Vader, way more Vader than I thought we would see this so early. So much more Vader, I yes. Agree. And I love the shot. I'll, I'm not going to skip ahead to this, but like from this most recent episode where he sees, has the vision of Anakin in his Jedi robe standing mm-hmm, on the mm-hmm. hill. Yeah. Um, and I'm, you know, and I, I think that's to kind of represent that, like, it's still Anakin. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that's what he's wrestling with is that, yeah, he's this big, scary Sith Lord. Sith Lord, but it's, it's Anakin. Mm-hmm. And the yeah. last thing that Padme really says to him is that there's still good in him. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of the rap. And we have the line from the original trilogy, you know, when, when Luke talks to, to Vader and he's like, you know, uh, Luke says, I know there's still good in you. And he says, yeah, Obi-Wan once thought the way you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, oh, my God, I loved probably my favorite scene was when, and I know I'm jumping all over the place to give my thoughts. Hey, the point I, is, I'm well, loving we, the show. I, yeah, I think when we do three episodes, I think we just have to jump around and talk about what we yeah. really want to talk about because we'd be here all night if we were going to talk about, if we were going to break it all down. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite scenes is when Reva, or that's, that's her name, Reva? Reva, Reva, or yeah, Reva. whatever it is. I want to say Revan, but like, no, it's not Darth Revan. Yeah, uh, it's Reva. Reva, whenever she tells Obi-Wan about Vader. And mm-hmm. it's like, oh, he doesn't know. Right. He doesn't know. And he's just been going all these years thinking that Anakin was dead. Right. And to find out that he's alive. And and she, she doesn't even say Anakin. When she says Darth Vader, it's just he knows. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. It's Anakin. And yeah, because, watching- I mean, he went to the back end of nowhere to just... Hide from the Emperor. Hide. Forever, yeah. you know, until Luke was old enough to train. Mm-hmm. Right. And so he had no idea. And so that Anakin was alive. And just watching Ewan McGregor's face mm-hmm. figure that out is is was, was really, really great acting. Yeah. He's doing a great job. Oh, he's been fantastic. I mean, absolutely. He's, he's really, you know, I know there are people who were kind of prepared to be mad at the character for, you know, whatever, going off and being a coward or whatever. But he is really selling the character as a sympathetic character. Like, you may not like all the decisions he's making, but you can't you can't deny that it's costing him something to make these decisions. Right. You know, and it's That's a great way of putting it. It's not big grand gestures that he's, you know, he's not like flailing around wailing about how miserable and sad he is because he can't help people. He's it's just that really subtle pain that you can see that he's he's this yeah. is costing him. Like to not just deck that that foreman there, you know, you can just see yeah. that like Well, and you also see this like this guy that was, he wasn't just a Jedi. He was one of the Jedi. Like, mm-hmm. you know, him and Anakin are, are the faces of the Republic. Mm-hmm. They're the for, dream team. You know, for the, during the war. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and, and so you have this Jedi. He was the one of the greatest of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you see this guy that was like the best of the best. Mm-hmm. And now he's just being bossed around by a grouchy foreman. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, it's and like... It's, you're right. It's costing him. He's 
he is not being the man that he wants to be, but he's being the man that he has to be. Mm-hmm. It's like the Dark Knight, where it's like he's not the hero we deserve, but he's the hero we need right now. Mm-hmm. Where he has to wait, he has to bide his time. He knows that the Jedi will rise again. He's lying to himself, and that he's lying to that Jedi, where he's like, the time of the Jedi's done. And it's like, you know he doesn't actually believe that, but it still hurts to hear him say it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can tell that, like, he still knows Luke's there, that he's going to train Luke, because he talks to Owen about it. Like, is mm-hmm. you know, is he asked if he's showing yet? You know, is he is he showing signs of, be, of using the Force yet? Or, or you know, mm-hmm. being Force-sensitive? And But at the same time, like, he's to an extent has given up in that... He's not doing what he needs to do to be the person that can train mm-hmm. a Padawan. Right. Yeah. All he's doing is focusing on being alive for when yep. Luke gets there. And he, yeah, you know, and he, and to some extent, like he clearly still moving towards that goal. But like, you can understand, like, and this is where what you were saying earlier about this is Luke's story from the Last Jedi done right. Because first of all, with Luke. We didn't have any understanding of why Luke would have done what he's done. Like, mm-hmm. why has Luke run away and gone to an island, put him, gone into exile? Mm-hmm. Um, we understand exactly why Obi-Wan did those things. Mm-hmm. Um, it makes sense that he would be somewhat depressed and, and, and not completely hopeful. I mean, he's still waiting to see if, at this point, he's still waiting to see if Luke even has... Force abilities. abilities. Yeah. And so, yeah, he's still moving towards a goal, but at the same time, like, he's just kind of a shell of his former self, and he's cut off from the Force, and then when you hear him explain what the Force is like, because we do see this fear Mm -hmm. in Obi-Wan, especially when it comes to Vader, and I go back to what he told Leia the Force is like. Hmm. You know, where he's like, or you know, have you ever been scared of the dark? He's afraid. Mm-hmm. And he, he doesn't have that connection. He, he cut it off. And I don't remember where. I mean, they've kind of exp- described the force in the past as kind of like a muscle. Like, you have to use it. Like, if you don't use it, you lose yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I got the impression that he's not using the force as in to not draw attention to himself. And also, you know, cutting himself off from the force probably helps, like, hide from mm-hmm fellow force users right and that's kind of the whole point i mean they did the same thing with jedi fallen order i don't know if you've played that game i have played jedi fallen order yeah and that was the same way he was hiding and then he gets caught in a situation of having to use it to save his friend right right in front of an imperial probe droid yeah exactly um and yeah it's the same thing going on here and and i really love i would love that scene where he says the light bulb thing because that's right after he used the Force for the first time in a while. Mm-hmm. Same situation, actually saving a friend, saving mm-hmm. Leia from falling. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, and the look on his face, and then later he says that, it's like, that's the moment the light turned on for him. Yeah. Right. It was a beautiful, and like, I imagine like, oh man, he probably felt so much comfort at that moment that he did that. It's, it was an incredible scene and description. I love that he's praying to Qui-Gon. Do you, do you guys think we're going to see Qui-Gon Jinn, Force Ghost? We're at least going to hear him. Yeah, I don't know if Do you we're think gonna... it'll be like Liam Neeson coming back and like saying the lines, or I really, really hope so. Yeah, me too. I, I don't I know, be great. but I, I that would be absolutely amazing. 
uh, to have him back. So what do y'all's impression, you know, one of the last things that we hear Yoda tell him is that he's, you know, is going to teach him how to commune with his former master mm-hmm. who's, you know, found a way back. Do y'all have the impression that he has communed with Qui-Gon or in this 10 years that he was never able to? I think he hasn't been able to. And, and that's kind of the drift I'm getting is that, I mean, I think that's probably a byproduct of his severing his connection to the Force is mm-hmm. that he kind of tries and, and in some ways, but only... He, he he tries, but only in a half-hearted kind of way. Like he isn't right. really willing to sell out and do what needs to be done. But every once in a while, he's like, "Come on, master! Like, you know, can't you just break the rules and you know just and, and just do this thing?" Right. Um, but yeah, it's I I I really hope that we see Qui Gon before the end of the show. Yeah, and I, I think if we do, it'll be right at the end. And, you know, I don't know. I don't know if this is just going to be the six episodes and done. Of course, Ewan McGregor at Celebration was like, oh, y'all, are, I hope y'all love episodes, you know, four or five and six and, and seven and eight and nine. And we were like, oh, my God, what are you, what are you saying? Like, yeah. <laughs> is, is, is that a indication that there's more coming? Um, now, supposedly they have... Uh, recalled a lot of the crew from this show as they're gearing up for a looks like for Ahsoka potentially. Mm-hmm. So it could be, we, I mean, I think it would be absolutely amazing to see him see Ahsoka one last time. Yeah. I think that'd be really um, sweet. But Marisha, like overall, what are your thoughts on the, on the series? So three episodes in we're halfway in. I mean, I'm really enjoying and it's no huge shock, right? Like this is the this is the show that I've been really excited about. Like Obi Wan has always been one of my favorites, um, but and there there are things about it that are not a hundred percent my favorite. There's like that that parkour um, <laughs> Batman scene that that Reva's rocking there across the rooftops really did not hit it for me. Like I despise that scene there, there's, but there's too much of it too much it, of it it's like we didn't just see her running across the roof rooftop up uh, david I, I was telling marisha this is what that scene made me think of uh do you know in monty python search for the holy grail the scene where lancelot's running towards the castle and he's he's running and he's running and he looks like and he's never getting in closer and then all of a sudden he's yeah. there and it's like that's exactly what because like she's watching them fight on a rooftop and she's not that far away. Yeah. And then she's running for like the next five minutes of the show. We keep just having these random cuts to her doing At parkour. Some point she's on the ground again and has to climb up a roof again. <laughs> it's like, just um, no, please. And no. all I can hear during that scene is Michael Scott yelling parkour. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the idea of a force user doing parkour is cool. And it's no, it is cool. Before. And I think if they had just, like, showed her start across the rooftop and kind of using the force to propel she's herself across things. doing this stuff for right. no reason. Some of it. The first little cut of it's fine. But the second and third time that we cut to her running across the roof, it's like, <laughs> what right. is it, was, it was getting ridiculous. And also, it's like, she looks like she's trying too hard. Yes. Yeah. As in, like, you have the force. Shouldn't it be a lot easier? You should, like, be able to move, like, 
like a like like I kind of glide through all of this gracefully, but instead <laughs> it looks like you're just a person doing parkour without right. the force at all. Yeah. So yeah, I mean that that's honestly like, and I don't even mind the character. I thought the character was a little maybe too intense in the first episode. Yeah. Uh, but I'm fine with that as long as we learn why she's so pissed off. Yeah. But I felt like in episode three that her character like really hit a stride. Hits a stride. Yeah. I liked her character. I don't like how the Grand Inquisitor is just letting her do whatever. Like, yeah. He's like, you should stop. <laughs> stop it. I do feel like they kind of sidelined the Grand Inquisitor a little too much. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so. You know, I mean, I'm going to assume that the Inquisitors that we're seeing other than the Grand Inquisitor are all dead at the end of this series. Uh, no, either no that, or that can't either. be because some of them show up in Rebels. Not these. Oh, they've got new. Huh. Okay. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. These are not the Inquisitors from Rebels. These are. So one does have to wonder because here's part of my thought process. She's a third sister. She's awfully young. Like, it seems like she would have been too young to be, like, a full-fledged okay. Inquisitor that early. But presumably, the original third sister is dead, and she's the replacement. No, so, maybe. I think our only real understanding of the numbers is the order in which they were, that they became Inquisitors. Yeah. Well, but I was just saying, like, she would have only been, like, ten, you know, back in the early days. So, for her to be the third sister, it seems like she would have been a little farther down the... The, well, the my, my guess about her is because okay, so we get that opening scene in Coruscant where we see these kids run away in Order 66. That scene is now that scene's kind of pointless, right? Like, it's kind of like, wait, what? Why are we watching this? These kids run away, but there's this one black girl that's a part of that group, mm-hmm. yeah. So, I actually think that that is almost certainly uh, Reva. I and, think so too. And only I because really, other than other, if it's not, then what's the point of that scene? Yeah, yeah. So initially, there's that other show, the Skeleton Crew, that they originally announced, and I actually, when I yeah. first saw it, my first thought was that was mm, the Skeleton the, Crew. That's yeah. Skeleton Crew. But then I realized that yes, that's Reva, and I'm not so sure that the Jedi that they killed on Tatooine isn't also one of those kids. Oh, yeah. I think you may oh, be right yeah. about that. That's a um, good point. That, that I didn't love, but on the whole, I'm really enjoying the show. Um, Ewan McGregor is, I mean, just putting out a really wonderful performance. I feel like Owen, you know, the, the actor who's who's doing Owen Lars, it was crazy because you heard him say, Luke, you know, yeah. whenever he said it, I was like, oh my gosh, it sounds exactly like episode four. Like yeah. you can tell he really worked to make that and in general the cadence of his voice bridges very well between the character that we met in revenge of the sith and the character that we see in episode four and that's just really that is really good homework on the part of your actors um you know i feel like he and and obi-wan both are doing a really good job at showing you a really believable intermediate spot for their characters yeah. So at the beginning of A New Hope, how old is Luke? 19. Okay, so in nine years, do you guys find it believable that it, within nine years, Obi-Wan looking like this right now is going to look like he did at the beginning of A New Hope? That desert sun's rough. 
You know, though, <laughs> you know, have you, uh, yeah. have you ever looked at a picture of a president, his swearing in and then a picture of him four years later? Yeah, that is pretty remarkable, although those presidents are usually like 60. No, but but uh, George W. Bush, like yeah, his, no, his inauguration. Yeah, no, usually age tremendously during their presidency. So uh, I think for that to be believable, though, we've got to see something even more terrible happen to Obi-Wan. It's possible. You know, unfortunately, I think it's one of those things with two different actors and the spacing not being... You know, with with him just not looking like an older Alec Guinness. Right. You know, I think it's unfortunately just kind of one of those things we just kind of have to like say, okay, yeah, he's going to age really terribly over these next 10 years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, whatever. You know, it's not something I'm like hung up on. Right. I'm not, I'm not like stressed about it. I just kind of noticed it. No, for sure. And I I think it's something that a lot of people, and some people are all Mm -hmm. upset about it. I mean, it's just kind of like, you know, if we want to tell more stories, it's just where two different characters have played or two different actors have played the same character. That's just going to unfortunately be part of it where sometimes it's just, yeah, it is what it is. Like, you know, they can have, I mean, obviously this uh, little excursion is going to be pretty rough on him. Yeah. But, you know, not necessarily enough to make him age that much. And it, it's, it's you know, a few things. Like, a 50-year-old f- today doesn't look like a 50-year-old did 40 years ago. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Probably the highlight of the show for me has been Little Princess Leia. Oh, my gosh. She is so cute. And so little. She's great. She's so tiny. So yeah, let's let's step aside and talk about her for a minute. Let's talk about her when we first meet her, like uh, because she's been one of the characters. A lot of people, she's people have been pretty split on her, which is ridiculous. And it's, um, I think some people aren't willing to be like, it's a kid. Of course, everything she does on screen is not going to be flawless. She's a kid, right? And have you ever interacted with a child? They're not all that elegant. I mean, sometimes my own kids do things, and I'm like, that wasn't good. Do it again. Yeah. (laughs) In real life. (laughs) So, you know, it it is what it is. But I really think she's doing a phenomenal job. I love that they kind of have her. She doesn't know it, but she's tapping into the force. You know, she's reading people, which, which actually harkens back to the expanded universe. Where that was what she, why she was such a good senator. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cool. Um, you know, she never knew that, you know, or didn't know that until much later, and she actually honed those abilities intentionally. But, you know, it was part of what made her so good at what she did was that she had that connection to the Force. And so, you know, her the way the force manifests in her has always been different than the way it manifests in Luke. Luke's more like his, his dad and, and Leia's more like her mother. Oh, and that scene where Obi-Wan is, you know, telling her, you know, you remind me of somebody. Yeah. I mean, there's been a few, that was heartbreaking. There's been a few moments uh, where with conversations with them that have been like, Oh man, like, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, when she's like, yeah, you remind you remind me of someone, and yeah. you know that was a big one in the most recent episode. She uh, asked him. She says, "Are you my real father?" 
Yeah. Ooh, yeah. And, you know, and he says, I wish that I could say that I was. But he doesn't, he doesn't step over the line and tell her things he shouldn't tell her. Mm -hmm. Instead, he says, he says, look, I I understand. As Jedi, we're taken from our families very young. I don't Mm -hmm. remember. Like, you know, I think he says he remembers his mother's shawl Mm -hmm. in his father's hands. Of course. He thinks he had a brother. And of course, yeah, the the big bomb right there was, I remember a baby. I think I had a brother, which is like, oh my god, like it may mean nothing, but like it also might mean like we could see another Kenobi down the road. It was like you, you know we could see another we could see his, you know his nephew or great nephew show up as a as a Jedi down the road. Mm-hmm. So I think that's fun. Like for me. You know, being a, a fan of, of the old expanded universe and all that, like, that was a big... Like, most people probably would just go, oh, he had a brother. And I'm like, oh, my God, that could mean so many things. Mm-hmm. Has he ever had a brother in the EU? Uh, yeah, it was kind of convoluted. I think there's actually a couple stories that step on each other as far as who the brother was. But, yeah, that it is something they've done. But they never really... It was never really a huge story point. And so I kind of hope they don't do what they did in the EU and that we get something. Like, we don't even need to talk about that. We can talk about that in a series five years from now. Right. Where now we it's can, just been dropped. Yeah, we just kind of have that little nugget of information. Yeah, I love that scene where he's talking. And, you know, I didn't personally, when he says, like, I wish I could tell you I was, I didn't take that as, like, him saying, I wish that I was with Padme. Right. That's not what he meant at all. No, it's like, I I just wish that I could tell you that I'm your father because he knows the truth. Yeah, Yeah. I wish the truth. It's not that I wish I was your father. Because me telling you that is way better than the truth. Mm -hmm. Right, exactly. That was just a really great moment. I love their relationship. I'm really loving Leia. I think she's doing great. I'm glad we're going to see a lot of her. I think it's a really fun story premise because, you know, at the beginning of A New Hope, Leia, like, knows Obi-Wan. Mm-hmm. Um, like, she says, like she sends him the message, you know? So this is kind of a nice setup to that of, like, why does she think Obi-Wan's her only hope? Well, because of this adventure that they had here. I think right. that's really cool. Right. Before, I, I, we just like always that. assumed that it's because of stories that her father told right. her about the Jedi. Well, you know, and I know some people are saying, well, she says when she talks to him. You served my father. She says, you served my father in the Clone Wars. She doesn't necessarily address him specifically as if she knows him. But she also, you're right. She also knows who he is enough to, to say you're my only hope. Yeah. So, yeah. But I think this adds, I know some people are upset about that, but I think this adds way more depth. Mm-hmm. To it adds her more than it takes message. away, for sure, absolutely, and I think that's the important thing. I, I think that as you tell more and more and more stories, things will you you will step on the toes of other parts of your story. Sometime it's just it's it's going to happen. It's the nature of making stories and worlds in, bigger. And, and in this case, you're right. This adds so much more depth than anything that it takes away. Mm-hmm. It doesn't take away anything of consequence. Yeah, it's, it's not it just makes deal. the way that she words it more of a call to action. Mm-hmm. And she's a politician. The other thing you have to remember, by the time she sends that message, she's a politician. She's been playing the politics game for 
several years now, and she is very, very good at it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, she, you know, so I feel like either she doesn't realize that Obi-Wan Kenobi is Ben, is the Ben that she interacted with, in which case there's no issue with her not recognizing him. Right. Or she recognizes, she knows who he is and recognizes this is the best way to manipulate him. <laughs> Right. By saying, you know, because, I mean, that's essentially how we see him manipulated here is like, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. Bale says, I, like, look, we we fought we fought together. I was really, really worried when Bale showed up and I would have hated this. I, I thought that he was going to say, help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi, you're my only hope. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, please don't say that. Please don't. Say, that'd be too much. Yeah, that would Thank be. God, I do kind of hope he said it as a joke on set, though. <laughs> like the first time they rolled tape I hope that he just turned around and said that yeah <laughs> that's funny we want to see this in the uh, I'm scenes. glad he didn't though yeah no for sure that um, would have that would have been terrible um like what did you got no, oh, go, ahead. Sorry, go ahead no no you go ahead uh what'd you guys think of Haja the uh oh. who was he was played by Kumal I can't pronounce Kumal Nanjiani yeah yeah actually I know some people were have been so a lot of people have complained about some of the acting and specifically one of, he was kind of one of the targets of that, but like he kind of has his own style. He, he kind of plays himself yeah. to some extent. I really found his character intriguing. Yeah. I thought it was a lot of fun. Uh -huh. At what point did you figure out he was a fake? So when I first watched it, I didn't, it took me a minute to catch it. It was the way he was acting when he was doing the uh, the mind trick. That's when I was like, oh, this is all fake. Yeah. Right. He's doing the mind trick over the microphone. I was like, he's totally faking this. On second watch, I realized that when he uses the force, it makes a totally different noise than any other time you hear people use the force. Uh, it actually makes a more mechanical sound. That's uh, right. So they actually told you, they actually told you from the beginning that like he's not, Quite right here, mm -hmm. um, but I really like the character. Like the character, that character could be a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a fun idea. Yes, like, he's a con man who's pretending to be a Jedi. That's great, and he's but like he was helping people just for a little right. bit of money because I like money. You know how many <laughs> things you can buy with credits? <laughs> Though I did notice he calls him Obi Wan. He says, you know, when, whenever he he's like he, no. Yeah, he does, and that kind of made me go, okay, but it's also possible because he's also part of this underground railroad. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, he saw the the wanted. There's all, yeah, there is the wanted poster, which oh, they say so Obi-Wan, on not, not Ben. Okay. So I think it's that. Okay. I don't think he knows him, but he addresses him as Obi-Wan, you know, when nobody else really is. But I think that, I think he calls him by his name to try to... To, is a is a way to say I am really on your side here. It was more let it was more informal mm -hmm. to call yeah. him Obi Wan there, which is more reassuring because mm -hmm. he is a con man. Like making putting people at their ease is kind of his job, right? And so he is a little bit of a con man, but he's also like he's part of this underground railroad mm -hmm. that Quinlan Voss and the uh, the character that we're going to meet in Episode Three are, mm -hmm. are part of. Yeah. Which I think is really interesting. And, and like, I actually, like, I kind of want to see more of that. And I think it would be really fun to see him show up some more. Oh, yeah. I hope he comes back. I, I do. 
Um, I thought his, I thought that character was a lot of fun, and he's a little more. You know, that's one of the things that's kind of been missing in Star Wars for a while. Mm-hmm. Is kind of a roguish mm-hmm. character that's a little bit unhinged or a little bit unpredictable. And I feel like that kid's kind of channeling some short round there. <laughs> <laughs> the one that comes in and yeah. tells him, yeah. Uh-huh. But yeah, I, I really liked, I really liked uh, his character. Yeah, I thought it was fun. Uh, so, did you guys notice? The guy who actually kidnaps Leia. Did y'all recognize who that actor is? I noticed that he was familiar, but I didn't catch who who is he. Andrew, do you know? I don't. He's the bass guitarist from Red Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs> oh wow! Okay, that's um, hilarious. His name's Flea. That's that's funny. I, now that you say that, I'm like, yep, for sure. And I knew I recognized him, but I didn't bother looking it up. Uh, yeah. Did you recognize the voice for the uh, the mole man that gives them the ride in episode three? No, I didn't. But I I, I did really like that character. But but what was did, the voice? Did you did you notice who no. was it? It's Zach Braff. <laughs> From like Scrubs. Oh, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, that's great, Freck. Yeah, that that's pretty funny. Yeah, that was a, that was that was one of my favorite characters. Was Freck. Yeah, just, I, just this nice guy, <laughs> but he's part of the empire. And right. I love that. He reminds me of like real people who are yes. like, who totally will be in like total bad situations. And they're like, I love the empire, you know, <laughs> just good old people following the rules. That's yeah. how it should be. Yep. Right. If you've ever lived in anywhere rural, you've met those people. <laughs> who are like, I'm totally a fan of this really bad system that's making your life terrible. <laughs> Everybody ought to be on board. And you're like, come on now. Like, that's 100% that who that guy is. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, and I'm not sure. I think that that might have been Matt Latner and um, Sam Whitwer might have been the two stormtroopers that were having the conversation on the... Um, okay. Because he told us at celebration that you know they're always the ones having the conversations about like oh the T have you seen the new T sixteen or whatever Uh it is and they're like oh no the last model was better that Uh he's like yeah we did it again like we really shouldn't do that but we did it again in this one and I'm pretty (laughs) sure that's the conversation they're having as they're walking away that's funny that's great Um, so yeah I would love to see either one of them with a like actual no those are those are both guys that should get they're both actually really good actors have you ever seen matt latner in anything Mm -mm. he's done several tv shows he's quite good he's not as pretty as sam whitworth though so uh back up for (laughs) a second criteria for who she wants to see in star wars i do think these episodes have gotten progressively better i think that it's been really really good to have same director for all six episodes? Yes. Same writer. Yes. Which has not been the model they've been following. Mm-hmm. Now, it has worked on The Mandalorian to kind of jump around. It, there has occasionally been a time where you went, yeah, that episode wasn't as good as the last one. Mm-hmm. Or didn't feel the same as the last one. Mm-hmm. But overall, it's worked on The Mandalorian. It did not work on Book of Boba Fett. No, not 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 so much. And I really enjoyed Boba Fett, but it definitely had more hiccups than the other Star Wars TV shows have had. Right. Um, but this one, I, Deborah Chow is killing it. I mean, I it's, I don't think this is a perfect show. I've got little nitpicks here and there, but like, I think it's been really, really good. But one of the things, one of the biggest complaints about this show, uh, going back to episode one, is there have been a lot of complaints about 
well, the two major complaints is that Obi-Wan's story doesn't work, the, which we've already kind of addressed. The other is that the pacing is not good. What? No, the pacing is great. What's wrong with the pacing? I, the complaints have been that it's too slow. I know, it's a bit of a slow burn. It kind of amps up. I agree. I feel like the first episode was a little slow, but I was never disinterested. But I feel like part of the reason that it's slow starting out is that it's 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 intentional. Well, we because had to it's see like the monotony of the life he's Exactly. Living. The kids are like, didn't we just see this? I was like, that's the point. He does the same boring dadgum thing every single day and has for a decade. He lives the same soul-sucking, boring life as everybody else on this godforsaken planet. And it just never ends. And that's the point, is that this is what he's doing. He's being a normal person. What about you, David? Do you have any thoughts on the on the pacing? I mean, maybe you could argue that it was slow, but they also released the first two episodes together. So, like... Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, and I think that helped tremendously because I think if you had just dropped episode one and it, it where it ended, you'd have been kind of like, oh, oh, nothing really happened. Yeah. yeah. But the fact that they basically gave you a feature length thing by dropping them together, because together they were like an hour and a half long, mm -hmm. maybe actually a little more than that. I think they were closer to two hours. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah. because of that, you kind of got this feature length experience to kick this thing off. I think that was... A perfect decision, but I I don't have any problem with the pacing. I, I felt like it, I felt like the pacing, yeah, it's a little slow at first, but I felt like it was intentional and it made sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But even when it's, like I said, even when it's slow, it's not like there's not things that are happening in story that's unfolding. I was, mm -hmm. like I said, even though it was a little slow, I was never disinterested in the story that was being told. Mm -hmm. Because this is a character that we've waited a really long time. We've waited 20 years to see what his life looked like on Tatooine. Yeah. Right. That's true. We have. And it's, I really enjoying watching him just live his life. I'd honestly would have taken another episode of that. Like, I don't care. I just like watching this character mm -hmm. do stuff and, and, and watching him live this life, I think is really interesting. A uh, big shout out to Tika, the Jawa. I really like. <laughs> oh, right. That, that was conversation great. was really, really good. Yeah. That was a really, yeah, it was really funny. I like that a lot. And did you um, notice that the um, the uh, what it was that the Y wing that he yeah, that the Owen throws way. back it's at him? T sixteen Skyhopper. Yeah, that's that's the one that we see Luke playing with. That's the model of the ship that he talks about bullseyeing Womperats in. Uh huh. You know later. That, you know so. Yeah. So definitely. And I, you know, I'm really enjoying the dynamic between Owen and Obi Wan. I think they have. I'm actually a a really sad believable. That I don't know how much more of that we're going to get. Yeah. Yeah. I hope we see more because are able to go back to Tatooine and see a little bit more because that's that scene where it's like the 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 inquisitors are asking for information mm -hmm. and it's like what is Owen going to do? Cuz Owen is a good man, mm -hmm. right? But does that mean mm -hmm. giving up Obi-Wan to and to protect his family and Luke? Like mm -hmm. what does that mean to be a good man in this situation? What is the right thing to do? It was really, really well done scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. No, that. and the, the, the stakes are high there because, yeah, what is the right decision? Because right. she's unhinged. There's no guarantee that you don't give her Obi-Wan she kills you anyway. Right. Because you knew who the Jedi was and you didn't tell us up front. Right. But at the same time, like, the mission here is to protect Luke. 
Right. If the best way to protect Luke is to turn in Obi-Wan. Then he's going to do it. Right. Well, because he tells him, I didn't do it for you. just this guy that's around trying to get Luke to train and become a Jedi and all that crap. And he'll stay for another year on the farm. Right. You know, and so he he accuses Obi-Wan of not caring about the boy. You just want to know if he's showing. Basically, you want to know if he's a tool. You don't care about him as a person. Does that seem like a an accurate assessment? Like I think that I can understand why. Oh, I think I don't think that's fair. I don't think that's actually the case. I don't think that that's how Obi Wan's actually thinking. I think Obi Wan does care, but I see what Owen is saying. Yeah, mm-hmm. I I don't think it's how Obi Wan feels, but maybe how he's acted. Yeah. Well, you know, that's because a great way of putting but it. then I think you see other things like where he does bring the model of the ship. That's mm-hmm. caring. That's not just wanting to know. That's like he you see the smile on his face when he mm-hmm. sees Anakin pretending to pilot his starfighter. Yeah. Yeah, you just said Anakin. Oh, yeah. Anakin, wow. Yeah. Uh the the smile on his face when he sees Luke pretending to pilot because it's like Well but, but the fact that you said Anakin is actually just a great point that yeah. like Luke is, I mean, Obi-Wan's seeing that and he's... He's seeing Anakin. Mm-hmm. He's seeing Anakin. And on one hand, he's smiling because he does love Anakin and he loves to see Luke being able to do that. On the other hand, though, it is kind of like, oh, shit, it's Anakin. <laughs> you know, though, you do kind of, you know, Jedi aren't supposed to have attachments, right? And he kind of broke that rule because he loved Anakin. And, you know, Jedi aren't supposed to love, right? That's kind of like, Anakin's like, oh, no, you know, gives this whole spiel about how, you know, Jedi are encouraged to love and whatever. And you kind of get the impression that maybe he got that spiel from Obi-Wan. But on the other hand, his attachment to Anakin is kind of, was the catalyst for a lot of this, these issues. So, you know, you kind of wonder if he may even be trying to keep himself at arm's length from Luke. I mean, and when Luke finally shows up, he's not just falling on his neck and, you know, welcoming back as the long lost son. He's like, all right, new Jedi, welcome to the welcome to the war. Have fun being a pawn. Like in some ways, I think he does see Luke as a tool, you know, like not that he doesn't see him. I mean, obviously, I think he cares it's more about than him. that, though. I think it's that. And we know this from Rebels. He is fully convinced that this child has a destiny. Yeah. It's beyond his control. Yeah. Um, that that he believes that, like, Qui-Gon believed Anakin was the chosen one. He believes Luke is the chosen one. Yeah. You know, and that that's straight out of Rebels. So it's like, to we some just, extent, his job in this destiny is just to see that the boy survives mm-hmm. and is trained. Which is why he's willing to just let the kidnappers have Leia to protect Luke. Initially, because he's like, because he believes that that boy is the chosen one. For some reason, that's the twin he fixated on. You know, in a way, I think that a big reason that he decided to go after Leia was actually for Padme. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Which I thought was really interesting. It's like he's protecting Luke because he's focused on Luke. Because I th- also, I think... That he this is just my interpretation of all that's happening. I think he wants his master Qui Gon to be right. <laughs> he wants Qui Gon to have been correct about saving Anakin, mm-hmm. and the only way for that to be the case now is that this son that Anakin has had mm-hmm. will be the will bring balance to the Force, just like Qui Gon said. So in that, so in some respects, his master was not wrong. 
And furthermore, this is his redemption. This is the only way that he can justify having been the person who trained Darth Vader. And and I think it's even more like, you're right. And I think it's also Obi-Wan, I think Obi-Wan cares more about Qui-Gon's redemption. Uh, That's a good point. Yeah. I think he he wants his master to not have been because you know if you look at it right now, Qui Gon, you could say Qui Gon was an idiot. They mm-hmm. told him not to train Anakin. They told him there's too much fear, and Qui Gon was insistent that Anakin would bring balance to the Force, and he's the chosen one, and he gave up everything. And his last dying words were telling Kenobi to train the boy, and then this happened. Mm-hmm. And I think that Kenobi really hates the idea that his master was so wrong mm-hmm. and in a way like if luke turns out to be the one that brings balance with the force well then in a way qui-gon wasn't wrong yeah and so he's true. really focused on that so when it comes to leia and he's like I, I, I gotta focus on the boy you focus on leia that's the agreement we had but i think his more humanity side comes back to him when he starts thinking about padme mm-hmm. And it's Padme's daughter that mm-hmm. we're talking about here. Right. Yeah. And, and he loved Padme. He as did. Well. Absolutely. You and brought up like, you know, Jedi aren't supposed to love and stuff like that. Obi-Wan broke that rule all the time. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's the thing. He was trained by a rule breaker. Yeah. You know, that's Qui-Gon was a rule breaker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And people still look at Obi-Wan as one of the greatest Jedi of all time. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and I think, I think a lot of people are going to be like, see, we always knew Obi-Wan was really in love with Padme, but I don't, I don't think no. that's the point. I think the point is that Obi-Wan loved Padme mm-hmm. and he loved Anakin. Like, and I feel like sometimes we forget, and this is not, this is my, my favorite soapbox. So I'm just going to touch on it instead of like jumping up and down. But I think it's important to point out that you don't have to be romantically in love with someone to love them and for like the way that he feels it with the way he talks about her, like she was important to him. She was an important part of his life. Like he's mourning her loss. That doesn't mean that he was in love with her. Right. It just means that, you know, she was one of the people that he loved. He was, he was her friend. Yes. He was her most genuine friend. Yeah. You're, you're correct. You know, like he had his friends in the Jedi, but like, it was her and Anakin were his friends, mm-hmm. were his family in a way. Mm-hmm. And like he said, like he got taken away from his family and he, now he had Padme and he had Anakin and he cared about them and protected them. And, and, and Padme died. And in a way, I mean, you're right. He's the one who trained Anakin. And, and, and you could argue that the path that he led Anakin down may have led to Padme's death. Mm hmm. Yeah, uh, he he might feel that way at least, and and yeah, I think that that relationship is really great, and I think you're definitely correct that he just he loved these people, and Anakin in the end, well, as far as he knows, Anakin died a traitor and dishonored, but Padme was completely innocent, mm-hmm. and and the la- and the least he can do for her is is save her daughter yeah yeah no i mean i'm really enjoying the story they're telling i think that it fully works with what we always thought you know obi-wan would be like i I know i know there are people upset that obi-wan is not still this like 
all-powerful Jedi at this point, and that they think that, you know, one of the things that people didn't like about Luke Skywalker's story in The Last Jedi was that it made Luke look weak. And I think a lot of people are having that same sentiment about Obi-Wan here, but I don't think it's about weakness. No, um, it's about restraint. Yeah. And maybe right, he, and, and, and maybe it was too much restraint. And I think that's the lesson he's going to learn here, mm-hmm. is that maybe he's been too restrained. Needs to find a little bit of balance. Yeah. but Balance. Balance. <laughs> yeah. We'll start having a uh, word of the day, like old Pee Wee's Playhouse, where we all scream <laughs> when somebody says the, the secret word. But uh, I, I do think that... I think the story works absolutely perfectly. Like I said, it's not flawless. There are little little things here and there. I think the acting's been good. The scene where they're chasing uh, Leia, where the, the kidnappers are chasing her, it's a little goofy. Like, there's a couple of times where the kidnappers have to intentionally not grab her because they get too close. And, and they do something silly like run into a limb or trip on a stick. But... You know, when you're working with a a 10-year-old kid, like, you know... You get what you get. You get what you get. Um, But before we wrap up, because we're getting close to the hour mark here, so we do want to wrap up. But the one thing... I want Anything else y'all have to say, I definitely want to hear. But the one thing I want to go back and touch on is, what have y'all thought about Vader so far? Oh, I think it has been awesome. I love the scene. I did not expect him to show up on planet like coming after obi-wan like that right and i just love the scene of him coming and he's like obi-wan's here all right everybody stand down this is this is me and he is just so full of anger and and it's incredible and and, oh my god i love obi-wan being like oh my god he's right there it's anakin oh my god like, just doesn't even know what to do with himself. Like, yeah, I mean, he knows he's right there, and he knows he's not ready for that fight. He's just not He's not ready for that fight. He's also just not ready to deal with that. He's not even ready to deal with the fact that Anakin's still alive. Right. Exactly. It's like it's like he just found out Anakin's alive. Now he's here, and he has to face him. Oh, my God. Like, he doesn't even know what to say. And there's so many conflicting emotions going on. And Invader just looks awesome. I love how he's like, I'm going to torture you, Kenobi, because he's just full of anger. Yeah. It's like, oh well, my God, when he sets him on fire, and he's like, this is not even like the beginning of the pain that you're going to feel. Yeah. You just thought oh. Reva hated Obi-Wan. Like, right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, that that scene where he's torturing Obi-Wan, I mean, he, he intends to. Oh, he intends to make this last. Yeah. I mean, it's and all, so hurts. Yeah, so so absolutely brutal. But I mean, like when he's walking through the town, he's he he feels Obi Wan's presence. He knows he's there, mm-hmm. and he's yeah. torturing these people trying to get Obi Wan to come out. Yeah, exactly what he was doing. I thought that was awesome. Because and I love that he doesn't say like he doesn't like hold up the person and he's like, "All right, Obi Wan, come out, or I'm gonna kill him." He just is doing it, and he knows that Obi Wan's gonna get the point. Mm-hmm. Right. He's like. He doesn't say anything. He just holds it up and is like standing there, like doing the thing. And he's just waiting for Obi-Wan to come out. Mm-hmm. And Obi-Wan doesn't. Cause once again, he's not the hero we deserve right now, but he's the one we need. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The one who has to show this restraint and just has to 
do whatever he can to survive. And he knows he has to survive long enough to train Luke. Mm -hmm. And furthermore, he has to get, he can't just jump out where he's at because then they're going to know where Leia is. Yeah. And, And it hurts him to have to do that, but it's just a hard decision that he has to make and he has to be the one to make it. But yeah, Darth Vader is awesome in this. It's great. Um, I, we've gotten to see a lot of Vader. We've seen him in all three episodes. Right. We got to see, we've seen him all three episodes. And then just even in all the Disney Star Wars stuff, like Rogue mm-hmm. One, we saw a lot of them. And, and, and it's Vader. They're not, they're not hanging on to him. Like, like, a, like, oh man, we can only pull him out for the big stuff. Like if, if the story, and this is what's great about the Star Wars Disney stuff so far, I think if the, if the character makes sense to be a part of the story, then he's going to be. He's the greatest villain of all time. If it makes sense for him to be there, by all means, put him in there. Put him in there. Just because it's a TV show, it doesn't. it's not like beneath him or whatever. We're not saving him for the big movies. It's just like, this is the, if the character, this is with every character, I think. If it makes sense for them to be there in the story, then put him in. Mm-hmm. And it made sense for... Darth Vader to be here, and yeah. that was great. And boy, was he there! So, what did you think about the lightsaber duel itself? I thought it was a lot of fun. It was cool to see Obi Wan ignite his lightsaber. Yeah, no, that was uh, a that was a big moment, and the way they did it, it was kind of that moment we didn't get in the sequel trilogy, where we we were screaming for from the moment they announced the sequel trilogy we thought we were going to see Luke ignite that green lightsaber. Mm-hmm. And we ended up not getting that until the end. Well, we really didn't get it until the Mandalorian season two. Yeah, yeah that's true. That's true. It was a blue lightsaber. So, you know, it was one of those things. It was, it was just really cool. I mean, it was, it was just such a cool moment when he strikes the, the lightsaber again. Um, I yeah. thought the fight did a good job, although I think we're going to see a better, maybe even multiple better duels as we move forward, not with between oh, Vader sure. and Obi-Wan. We might see another one between... I think we will see a good lightsaber duel between Vader and Obi-Wan at the end of this series. But Obi-Wan is going to... His his connection to the Force is going to continue to improve throughout the rest of the series. We're going to see yeah. a better fight. But even so, I think that the fight does, especially on Vader's side, does a good job of bridging that gap. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that gap, but because you know, that was all this conversation in episode well, one was it, like, well, why is the, you know, fighting so showy now and it's so wooden in episode four? The reality is because, you know, the lightsabers were just really heavy and, and unwieldy in episode four. But you have an in-universe answer as to Obi-Wan is now old. And Darth Vader is mostly machine. Right. You know, so I feel like they did a a good job of, it was a very convincing in the same way that the performances were kind of a convincing halfway point between the last time we saw them and the next time we'll see them. Yeah. I feel like the fight was a really convincing halfway point for where they are. At least for Vader. I think if you watch that fight, I think Obi-Wan is largely protecting himself. Mm -hmm. It's really all he's able to do. Yeah. Uh, at that point in the fight. Yeah. But there's I do, good storytelling in the fight. But I, I do yeah. think, yeah, there is. And when that's always been my take on the original trilogy, like uh, lightsaber duel in episode four in, in, in a new hope mm-hmm. where Obi-Wan and Vader are fighting. 
And it's not, I mean, they're fighting, but it's not so much about the fight as it is the conversation that they're having. Yeah. yeah. And then there's, there is story being told during the fight. Right. Um, it, it's able to tell a story. It's, it's not about the, the showiness of it. And in this situation, like, yes, it's not showy, but literally not even, the, they're not even like really having a conversation, but just the actions they're taking are telling a story. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, what else? Anybody else have anything else from the show they want to talk about before we wrap up? And I, I know we've we could have done an hour on each episode. And at some point, there's probably subplots or just story points from this that justify a full episode. And at some point, we may come back and do that. But this is always the challenge of trying to review three hours worth of entertainment of in entertainment in at once. Is that we obviously can't talk about everything. This was also a little off the cuff tonight, so we didn't really, I didn't have notes. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure we missed some things that we probably should have talked about. I think we've covered a lot of good stuff, too. Yeah, I think we've covered our our main loves and hates. Yeah. You know, which I think is... is And that's the thing, is like, I don't have a lot of hates with this show. I I don't Um, either. I I will say, so I think the, the for me, the parkour thing is kind of a nitpick. It's silly. It's kind of stupid. I think my biggest gripe is zero usage of the John Williams music. Well, the, well, okay, so the Kenobi theme is John Williams. Yeah. He did write the new Kenobi theme. So the theme we we hear, but like no, mar- no Imperial March when Vader comes walking down that. And I understand they kind of went for the what they were going for almost a little more of a horror vibe when Vader's walking down that street and mm-hmm. dragging that person behind him, you know, using the force. Mm-hmm. And, like, I understand what they went for, but there are moments where I would just love to hear even little pieces yeah. of the original themes. Yeah. That would have been a great time for a Imperial March there. And, and there's several things like, you know, w- th- there there's places they could have used across the stars. There there's places where they could have used several pieces from the, the the original John Williams catalog, but of course that's kind of been a gripe across the board with the uh Star Wars shows is the unfortunately the John Williams era is sort of coming to a close. Mhm. And I understand why they're letting new people kind of take the reins, but I would love to see more of the original themes worked in. Yeah, I agree. Because I don't want people to forget that what really breathed life into Star Wars was John Williams' music. Absolutely. Yeah, that's... Whenever someone says Star Wars, instantly... That's the first thing. You, you, it's one of those mind. things. There's so many moments in Star Wars mm-hmm. that if you see a picture of it, you can hear that moment. Mm-hmm. And it is not even just people who have obsessed over the movies for decades. Anybody no, who's ever seen Star Wars can march around going bum 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 bum. <laughs> you know, I mean, well, like literally every college band in the country plays it at football games. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it, it's. Well, hopefully that that'll be, show up That at some would be point. my biggest gripe is that... Now, I do love that John Williams came back and wrote a theme for Kenobi. Yeah. Um, I think that's amazing. Yeah. But I want to hear little bits of 
The force theme. Of the force theme or the space theme or, mm-hmm. you know, any of those little, just, just, I don't need the whole theme. I just need little touches of it. Mm-hmm. So I guess we're going to wrap up there now. And I, if there's anything that we skipped over that you would like to hear us talk about from those episodes or thoughts you have about parts that we did or didn't discuss, please leave them in the comments or send us a tweet or send us a message on Twitter and uh, we'll, we'll either, you know, I want to hear what you think about the show. And, and if you have things that we didn't cover that you'd like for us to, I'd love to hear so I can work those things into our next episode. So after this, uh, after this week, so starting next Friday or at the time, this is, no, this will release this week. So next Friday, we will do this on YouTube. Yes. So... I'm looking forward to that, getting back into YouTube. And I can't wait to see episode four of Kenobi. Does anybody have anything before we wrap? I don't think so. No, I'm good. All right. Well, uh, until next time, David, where can people find you? I am on Twitter at David underscore JG Peoples. All right, Marisha, and you? I am princesses underscore and underscore Padawans on Instagram. And I am P Padawans on Twitter. All right, and I'm Andrew. You can find me running the Twitter account for this show at crew underscore podcast. That's C-R-U underscore podcast. As always, you can find me there. You can find us at Underground at gmail.com. You can check out our podcast as well as the rest of the Red 5 Podcast Network at Red 5 Network on Twitter. And until next time, may the force be with you.